Father in heaven, we thank you for today's word. We thank you for the reading of, of your word, Lord. We thank you for the integrity of your word, the authority of your word. We thank you for the integrity of your word. And thank you, Lord God, that you supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we're sanctified through the word, Lord. We're made righteous and partakers of the inheritance of Christ Jesus. We thank you for giving us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we may be partakers and escape the world's lust and receive the inheritance from the foundations of the earth. We thank you for today's reading, July the 3rd, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 3 to 2330. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent Shaphan, son of Asaliah, the grandson of Meshulam, the court secretary to the temple of the Lord. He told them, Go to Hithkiah, the high priest, and have him count the money the gatekeepers have collected from the people at the Lord's temple, and thrust this money to the men of science who supervise the temple's restoration. Then they can use it to pay workers to repair the temple of the Lord. They will need to hire carpenters, builders, and masons. Also have them buy the timber and the finished stone needed to repair the temple. But don't require the construction supervisors to keep account of the money they receive, for they are honest and trustworthy men. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Exclamation. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, and he read it. Shaphan went to the king and reported, Your officials have turned over the money collected at the temple of the Lord to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah, the priest, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Isaiah, the king's personal advisor, go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger is burning against us because of our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing everything in it, says says we must do. It says we must do. So Hilkiah, the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Isaiah went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Haraz, the keeper of the temple's wardrobe. She said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on the city and his people. All the words written in the scroll that the king of Judah has read will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods. And I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will burn against this place, and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek the Lord, and tell him, 
This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humble yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against the city and his people, that this land will be cursed and become desolate. You tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on the city. So they took her message back to the king. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority besides the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the people. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commandments, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. In this way, he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll. And all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Then the king instructed Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second rank, and the temple gatekeepers to remove from the Lord's temple all the articles that were used to worship Baal, Asherah, and all the powers of the heavens. The king had all these things burned outside Jerusalem in the terraces of the Kindred Valley, and he carried the ashes away to Bethel. He did away with the idolatrous priests who had been appointed by the previous kings of Judah, for they had offered sacrifices at the pagan shrines throughout Judah and even in the vicinity of Jerusalem. They had also offered sacrifices to Baal and to the sun, the moon, the constellations, and all the powers of the heavens. The king removed the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple and took it outside Jerusalem to the Kindred Valley where he burned it. Then he grounded the ashes of the pole, dust, and threw the dust over the graves of the people. He also tore down the living quarters of the male and female shrine prostitutes that were inside the temple of the Lord where the women wove coverings for the Asherah pole. Josiah brought to Jerusalem all the priests who were living in other towns of Judah. He also defiled the pagan shrines where they had offered sacrifices all the way from Gibeah to Beersheba. He destroyed the shrines at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of Jerusalem. This gate was located to the left of the city as one enters the city. The priests who had served at the pagan shrines were not allowed to serve at the Lord's altar in Jerusalem, but they were allowed to eat unleavened bread with the other priests. Then the king defiled the altar of Tophet in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, so no one could ever again use it to sacrifice a son or a daughter in the fire as an offering to Molech. He removed from the entrance of the Lord's temple the horse statue that the former kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were near the quarters of Nathan Malek, the Enoch, an officer of the court. The king also burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. Josiah tore down the altars that the kings of Judah had built on the palace roof above the upper roof of Ahaz. The king destroyed the altars that Manasseh had built in two courtyards of the Lord's temple. 
He smashed them to bits. He scattered the pieces in the kindred valley. The king also desecrated the pagan shrines, also of Jerusalem, to the south of the Mount of Corruption, where the King Solomon of Israel had built shrines. For Asherah, the detestable goddess of the Sidonians, and for Chemos, the detestable god of the Moabites, and for Melech, the vile god of the Ammonites. He scratched the sacred pillars. He crushed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. Then he desecrated these places by scattering human bone over them. The king also tore down the altar of Bethel and the pagan shrine that Jeroboam son of Nebat had made when he caused Israel to sin. He burned down the shrine and granted it to the dust, and he burned the Asherah pole. Then Josiah turned around and noticed several tombs in the side of the hill. He ordered that the bones be brought out and be burned them on the altar of Bethel to desecrate it. This happened just as the Lord had promised through the man of God when Jeroboam stood beside the altar of the festival. Then Josiah turned and looked up at the tomb of the man of God who had predicted these things. What is that monument over there? Joshua asked. And the people of the town told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and predicted the very things that you have just done to the altar of Bethel. Josiah replied, Leave it alone. Don't disturb his bones. So they did not burn his bones or those of the old prophets or the old prophet from Samaria. And Josiah demolished all the buildings at the pagan shrines in the town of Samaria, just as he had done at Bethel. They had been built by the various kings of Israel and had made the Lord very angry. He executed the priests of the pagan shrines on their own altars. And he burned human bones on the altars to desecrate them. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. King Josiah then issued this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, as has required in the Book of the Covenant. There has not been a Passover celebration like this since the times when the judges ruled in Israel, nor through all the years of the kings of Israel and Judah. This Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem in the 18th year of King Josiah's reign. Josiah also got rid of the mediums and physics and household gods, the idols, and every other kind of detestable practice both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judah. He did this in obedience to the laws written in the scrolls that Hilkiah the priest had found in the Lord's temple. Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him since. Even so, the Lord was very angry with Judah because of all the wicked things Manasseh had done to provoke him. For the Lord said, I will also banish Judah from my presence, just as I have banished Israel. I will reject my chosen city of Jerusalem and the temple where my name was to be honored. The rest of the events in Josiah's reign and all his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. For king, while Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went to the Euphrates River. While Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, Necho, went to the Euphrates River to help King Assyria, king of Assyria. King Josiah and his army marched out to fight him, but King Necho 
kill him when they met at Megiddo. Megiddo. Josiah's officer took his body back in chariot from Megiddo to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. Then the people of the land anointed Josiah's son, Jehoahaz, and made him the next king. Yeah, Josiah, it says right here that Josiah, there was none like him, okay? Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him. You know, this statement is, is meant in other kings. You see it, and people say that there's discrepancy. But right here is saying on his actions and his in his ways, and each, I, I think it says this about Hezekiah too, and each one is done in a different form, and they're talking about his actions, you know, the way this guy took action, the way he saw the scroll, and the way he repented, and the way he cried with all his heart, and he set the Passover in motion, mm. you know, uh, other people did different actions. Yeah, okay. Uh, today's study on 2 Kings 23 to 25. Josiah is remembered as Judah's most obedient king. The extensive account of all, his, of all the shrines and idols that Josiah tore down is evidence of how wide-reaching Judah's idolatry really was. The fact that the shrine prostitutes lived inside the Lord's temple speaks to how openly sinful Judah was. Wow. And how deeply rooted the people's sins were. Josiah and the people hadn't even been conscious of how simple they were. Once Josiah recognized his and the people's sin, he went to great lengths to make things right. Not only did he read the book of the covenant to all the people, he showed them he was serious by destroying the objects of their sin. And Josiah didn't simply change his habits. He changed his surroundings. We may find sin in our lives and take action to change our habits. But sometimes repentance may mean destroying the objects that encourage our sin or avoiding the places where our sins can thrive. It's easy to think that we're strong enough to resist, but that pride is all the foothold the devil needs. Defeating sin requires drastic measures like nails and a cross, like a tomb and a resurrection. Amen. Amen. Second AA, you don't want to go to a, a, a party where you're going to know where the booze is going to be flowing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. That's yeah. right. You gotta, you gotta take all the steps necessary to change your life. When once you make a, a commitment to stop drinking, take all the steps necessary. Get rid of all the old records, you know, all the old playmates, and replace pins, surroundings. Make it an effort to stay in safe places. Okay. Acts chapter twenty-one, verse th uh, thirty-seven. To 2216. As Paul was about to be taken inside, he said to the commander, May I have a word with you? Do you know Greek? The commander asked, surprised. Aren't you the Egyptian who led a rebellion some time ago and took 4,000 members of the assassins out into the desert? No, Paul replied. I'm a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus in Silica. Silica which is an important city. Please let me talk to these people. The commander agreed, so Paul stood on the stairs and motioned to the people to be quiet. Soon a deep silence enveloped the crowd and he addressed them in their own language, Aramaic. 
Brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. <laughs> then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Silica, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs, and I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, pounding some to death, arresting both men and women, and throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so, for I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the Christians from there to Jerusalem, in chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me, and I fell to the ground, and I and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I'm Jesus the Nazarene, the one you're persecuting. The, the people with me saw the light but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, What should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told everything you're to do. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight, and that very moment I could see. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone that you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. Okay. It, it sounds to me like he came and he addressed the crowd and he said look I was just like you really on fire for God and everything I did and go ahead and read the oh the, the okay it says uh, people listened to Paul because they had something in common with him by speaking in Greek Paul grabbed the commander's attention by speaking in Aramaic Paul used the language of Palestine Jews and showed that he was a devout Jew who respected the Jewish laws and customs by mentioning Gamaliel. Paul showed that he was a well-educated man trained under the most respected Jewish rabbi. See Acts 5.34. By saying that he had once been as zealous for God as any of his listeners, Paul acknowledged the sincere motives of his accusers. Paul always tried to establish common ground with others before explaining his faith in Christ. Wow. After gaining a hearing and establishing common ground with his accusers, Paul recounted how God changed his life. He shared how he'd become a believer. Sharing your faith will often start by building a relationship with another person. Friendships most often develop by having something in common. Differences are easy to see, but finding things you have in common will build a real relationship. Friends will be much more likely to listen if they know there's a bond of real friendship. One that will continue even if you don't agree on everything. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, sir.
like uh, you know, you're giving a testimony to somebody. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe. I experienced mm -hmm. it. That I have no choice. I tried to believe, and it happened. The program came through. The promises are real. That's mm -hmm. like we, when we pray the Our Father. Our Father in heaven knows we need work. We need food, and things show up. Yeah. Things we're here already. It's been yeah. over 30 years. But you know, it's, it sounds like the, it, the way he set the stage. He had common ground with the people before he delivered the message. Amen. Yeah. What else you got, babe? Um, I have here, I like the way he says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Mm. What are you waiting for? World. <laughs> okay, Psalm 1, 1 to 6. What's the prayer? Ask God to plant your roots deep in the soil of his word so that you may delight in it and bear fruit. Okay? Amen. Psalm 1, 1 to 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They and they prosper in all they do. Amen. And, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. And Proverbs 18, 11-12 says, I think The rich think of their wealth as a strong defense. They imagine it to be a high wall of safety. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility proceeds honor. Amen. Amen. Happy Fourth of July, Anna. God bless us all. God bless America. Happy Fourth of July, Fernando. <laughs> all right there, evangelist. <laughs> wife. Okay, I'm going to read. We're going to do a couple of meditation books for... We can listen to these later when we're on the road. Yes. The Word of God, the Word has been decreed, the, the script has been written already, the, uh, and whatever we need is, in the, is written now. Any good words that we say or say to ourselves will come to pass. It's amazing. God has made us that. He said, I have put good words in front of you. He goes, choose good words Amen. so that you may live and have an abundance. Amen. That's so, right. You know, I found out when I, I I say, let there be peace, peace, peace. You know, there there's an ocean and there's a conduit, a pipe going into the ocean, and peace is piping towards me just a little bit Amen. enough. And the whole ocean is the peace of God. It comes from God. Every word is established and comes, goes to the ocean of God. That's what I saw in the spirit, in the, in the dream. That... Uh, we say it long enough, we will have what we say. Amen. It will come. Amen. What we talk about, what we think about, what, what we believe, it will come to pass. That's why I'm always saying, each year, Fernando received about 25 tons of gold. Amen. 2 Chronicles 9.13. And, and it goes along with the scripture. I wish above all things that you may prosper, that you may be in health, even as your soul prospers. Amen. Third John 2. Amen. Amen to that. Okay. 
Uh, Anna? Okay, today's the title is Victory Over Life's Battles. He's my strength and song in the heat of battle, and now he has given me the victory. Psalm 118.14. I have good news for you. If you're going through a battle, and so many of us are in these last days, God, the great commander of the armies of heaven, just knows just how to lead us to victory. Amen. His marching orders can be found in his word, the Bible. Hide the word of God in your heart, and when you have to do battle, God will be your strength and your song. He will see through the heat of that battle, and then he'll give you the victory. So, Father, I thank you for giving me your strength to fight the battles of life. I even find my marching orders in your word. You always give me songs of victory in my heart. I praise you for your my strength and song. And I come before your throne every day with thanksgiving for my victory. Amen. Amen. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flows out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Deuteronomy 8, 7, 14, 18. And Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 31 and 33. And, and the last one, Philippians 4:19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And um, Joel Osteen, July 4th, says, Get up and get moving. When Jesus noticed him lying there, helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? John chapter 5, verse 6. A man in Jerusalem had been crippled for 38 years. He spent every day of his life lying by the pool of Bethesda, hoping for a miracle. See John chapter 5. When Jesus saw the man lying there, he asked a simple, straightforward question. Do you want to be made well? 
The man's response was interesting. He began listing all of his excuses. I'm all done. I don't have anyone to help me. Is it any wonder that he had not been healed? Jesus looked at him and said in effect, If you are serious about getting well, if you want to get out of this mess, get up off the ground, take up your bed, and be on your way. When the man did what Jesus told him to do, he was miraculously healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. My daily gift, 100 Promises, it says, Acquittal, page 13. Clear of a charge, release from a duty or obligation, declare not guilty. Acquittal. Mm. Psalms 19, 12 to 13 says, Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumption of sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Declare me not guilty, O Lord my God, for you give justice. Don't let my enemies laugh about me in my troubles. Psalms 35-24 And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Matthew 12:36-37. Now I chose this random. Wow, that's a good word. It's a good word. Lighting up with what you said earlier about our words. The Holy Spirit is is talking to us. Amen. And John 3, 16 and 18 says, This is how much God loved us, Message Bible. This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long, has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. John 3, 16, 18, message. And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. There's a, Acts 16, 31. That's the scripture I was telling uh, Jeff the other day. Amen. They say, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Acts 16, 31. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes, Lord. Um, this is from Jesus Calling, uh, Sarah Young the author and um, today's word says when you worship me in spirit and truth you join with choirs of angels who are continually before my throne though you cannot hear their voices your praise and thanksgiving are distinctly distinctly audible in heaven your petitions are also heard but it is your gratitude that clears the way to my heart with the way between us wide open, my blessings fall upon you in rich abundance. The greatest blessing is nearness to me, abundant joy and peace in my presence. Practice praising and thanking me continually throughout this day. John chapter 4, 23 to 24, and Psalm 104, 
Amen. July 4th, the king of Israel, every day with Jesus. Nathan answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the king of Israel. John 1, 46, 49. When Philip found Nathanael, the latter said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But when Nathanael came in touch with Jesus, he broke out in testimony to his deity and his messiahship. Our Lord did not fail to acknowledge this sterling testimony, and a great promise was given to Nathanael. Hereafter thou shalt see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending. Ministering spirits were to be seen by him. Prayer were to ascend in the name of Christ, and answers were to come back through Christ. We also can see the open heavens as we have faith. Let us send up our prayers today in his name and look for the answer in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, I'm reading from Jesus Today, which is the same author, Sarah Young, and I'm randomly selecting the topic. Ready? Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The world abounds with negative things to think about. Sometimes problems, yours or others, seem to shout for your attention. They can occupy more and more of your thinking, causing you to become weary and discouraged in your soul. But remember, you can choose the subject of your thoughts. Cry out to me and I will help you. Turn toward me, letting my light shine upon you. Do not be defeated by wrong choices you have made in the past. And don't let past decisions define who you are in the present. Each moment provides a fresh opportunity to draw, draw me near me and enjoy my presence. One way to do this is to pray, Jesus, I, chose, I choose to seek you in the midst of my problems. Amen, that's a good word. Jesus, I choose to seek you in the midst of my problems. Refuse to get discouraged, even if you have to say this hundreds of times daily. Even if you have to say this hundreds of times daily in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You can find peace in me. And the scripture says in Hebrews 12, 3, Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Hebrews 12:3. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, and delivers them. Practice uh, Psalm 34, 6-7. I have told you these things so that you... So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's John chapter 16, 33. Okay. God calling A.J. Russell, July 4th. Friend of mine. What man calls conversion is often only the discovery of the great friend. What man calls religion is the knowledge of the great friend. What man calls holiness is the imitation of the great friend. Perfection. That perfection I enjoyed on all. The being perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect is the being like the great friend and in turn becoming to others a great friend too. 
I am your friend. Think again of all that means, friend and savior. A friend is ready to help, anticipating every want, hand outstretched to help and encourage, or to ward off danger. Voice of tenderness to soothe tired nerves and speak peace to restlessness and fear. Think of what to you your friend is and then from that try to see a little of what the perfect friend, the tireless, selfless, all-conquering, all-miracle-working friend would be. That friend and more even than your heart can imagine. The friend I am. When I read my kingdom, where I to read my kingdom, my kingdom of the child's hearts, the doctrines of your churches so often there would be no response. But the simple rules I gave my followers are known, loved, and lived by them all. In all things, seek, seek simplicity. Now this is read in the little 24-hour book again, and it's, it's simplified a little better. Thank you. Amen. And this is a quick <coughs> excerpt from uh, Christ the Healer. <clears throat> it says, According to thy word, in the 25th verse of this psalm, the 19, 119th, David prayed, Quicken thou me according to thy word. Thank God we can all pray with faith and get the answer every day to this comprehensive and inspired prayer. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Notice that the quickening is, as David said, according to thy word. Beautiful. The Holy Spirit inspired the word of God and it is his own blueprint to which he works while carrying on his great work of quickening. So to be quickened according to God's word means to be full of his life in the entire range of our complex being, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. Um, God has made Christ the treasury of all that he is. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we can be full of everything that the vine contains. The abiding branch not only has life, but is full of life all the time. It is by the Spirit's fullness and the consequent unhindered quickening that we are preserved. As Paul says, spirit, soul, and body. Paul says the Spirit will quicken also your mortal body. And in 2 Corinthians 4.11, we have the words that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. If you need healing from Christ, wait on God for the Spirit to quicken you to the extent that Mark chapter 11 verse 24 shall be fulfilled in you. This is exactly what the divine quickener wants to do for you. Amen. Amen. Kenny Copeland, Faith to Faith, says July 4th. God is healing our land. Scripture is Romans 3, 3 to 4. There shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect, God forbid. Faith-filled words, here we go again, faith-filled words, that, that's what changes things, faith-filled words. They move mountains in the seas, they'll turn sicknesses to health, they'll turn a sinner into a saint. They also take a sin-ridden nation and turn it into God's own country. That's right. Then... If we believers would back up the prayers we were been praying for this nation with words of faith instead of doubt and discouragement, we'll soon begin to see spiritual resurrection of the United States. God promises that if we, his people, would humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, 
and turn from our wicked ways, he would heal our land. And let me tell you, there are prayer warriors all over this country. I hope you're one of them. Who are doing what the promise requires. But even so, you don't hear many people saying, This is great. God is healing the land. You don't hear people speaking out by faith the promises of God. Instead, you hear them saying, Oh my, oh my, did you hear what those terrorists are doing? Or some other destructive thing they've seen on television? Listen, we need to stop preaching what the terrorists are doing and start telling what God is doing. God said He is healing the land. We must start speaking about this country by faith instead of going around spouting bad news all the time. Of course, that will sound odd to most people. Some of them may even think we're slipped off a few cogs, but that's nothing new. Let me tell you something. One handful of believers who are listening to, trusting in, and speaking out the good news of God are more powerful than all the devils on earth. One handful of believers is more powerful than a whole army of unbelieving doomsayers. The unbelief of the doomsayers will not make the faith of God of no effect. That's why over the last 35 years, Gloria and I have learned to turn a deaf ear to the bad news and just start praising and thanking God for His deliverance. Every word of praise we speak releases faith in our hearts. Get determined with Gloria and me right now to take a firm stand with us that things are changing in this country. Settle in your heart as you pray. Speak it out. Call it forth. God is healing the land. Amen. Amen. Um, Okay, this is... Yes, um, I just wanted to close with this prayer from the Christ the Healer that I just read uh, called According to Your Word. It says, Let us pray every day, Quicken thou me, which means give me more life according to thy word. And that is according to every revelation we find in the Bible which shows us ourselves as God wants us to be. And every time you discover in the word more than what God requires, rejoice and be encouraged because it's a work of the spirit, not your work, to quicken you just to that extent. So let this prayer be your first prayer every day, for it is the condition of a thousand other blessings. It is God's way of fulfilling in you all the good pleasure of his goodness. The Holy Spirit wants to quicken us to the extent that everything... He has revealed concerning us in God's word shall be fulfilled in us. Very powerful. According, so quicken thou me according to thy word. Every every revelation in the Bible. Make me alive to every of your word. And it's not my work. It's the work of the the God that makes his word come true in my life as I run it through my system. Amen. Acknowledge it condition of, of a thousand other blessings quicken me according to my thy word quicken me according, according to, to thy, thy word. word each year you may you receive about 25 times the goal and do good with it believe it I'm hugging a book <laughs> amen uh you know that is ff Bossword chapter 10 that anna was reading from and it's free on youtube the son of ff Bossword reads it and he is anointed. You can hear in his voice. I would put it on on YouTube and just let it run, and it ministers to your spirit. 
How did you know that was chapter 10? I can see it's chapter 10, babe. Thank you. (laughs) 